0: For the past eight years, RDL Construction LLC has been servicing the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland markets, specializing in the installation of exterior and interior metal framing, drywall, acoustical ceilings, doors, and hardware, along with bathroom accessories and FRP. Check them out. Their website is RDL Construction LLC. Dot .com. Today's guest is a local 251 out of Philadelphia, Floor Layer Foreman. He works for a company that is known in our business as a resilient contractor, and he's been with American Floors for 13 plus years. Stan and I have gotten to know each other over the years, I believe mainly at Temple University Projects. I thought he'd be a really Great guest because of uh, his story on how he got to where he's at. And besides his professionalism and him being very good at what he does, I just love to see his passion for sharing his knowledge with others to help advance their careers. It's been quite evident on projects that we've been on where he, you know, I, I see him helping. You know, he's very patient, helping younger apprentices and journeymen. And again, please welcome Stan Korzyleski. Did I pronounce that right, Stan? That's
1: it. You got it, Nick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You're, you're very welcome, and I was looking forward to this. And uh, So the W is silent. Poor Zaleski, huh? The W's W silent. is silent, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, throughout my life, I've been told that's wrong, that, that the W should be pronounced with the last name. But, you know, hey, listen, it was the one I was given, so.
0: <laughs> you have to go with it, right? Right. Hey, man, really— great great to have you on here and and right before recording Stan and I were chatting a little bit and and one challenge I'm having with having you know foremen journeymen apprentices on is is you know there this is this is getting out of your comfort zone when I started doing this I I was out of my comfort zone but I I'm willing to put myself out there and try new things and Stan didn't hesitate and he's like you know that's totally out of my comfort zone but I I want to do the same I want to challenge myself and and put my story out here and I just want to say <laughs> Thank you again.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I I appreciate the opportunity. And for me, you know, you kind of hit it on the head there that, you know, it is a little outside of my comfort zone, me day to day in construction, you know, you're in the field, it's get on the job, put your knowledge to work, do what you got to do to get the job done. And this is something uh, a, a little bit away from that, but it's something I think it helps with personal growth right yeah. and all of us yep. are always looking mm-hmm. to achieve that and better ourselves and 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 challenge ourselves so you know hey uh, let's do it i was looking forward to it it does align a little bit with some things i've done previous to instruction and mm-hmm. in, um in my previous profession so
0: yep and we're going to get into that like you you started at Camden College Camden County College right you were you were there for 2 years
1: Yes. Yep. Yes. So out of high school, I was totally undecided what Mm -hmm. what I was going to do. Right. I was working at the time I started working at 15 years old, started with Acme Markets, got a job there pushing carts. Mm -hmm. You know, this is say, get some work, make some money, you know, got out of high school and everybody's going to college. Yeah. It's like, okay. well, I I guess that's the next step. Right. I didn't know what I wanted to do and I'm looking at the the money's involved with paying it you know I'm paying it for myself and I said "Ah, okay I I guess I'll go through with this right so let's let's give it a shot so I I went through a a business management track did pretty well I mean I I maintained good grades through Camden County and uh the goal was to transfer out of there Mm -hmm. which I did after two years to to Rutgers Rutgers Camden all the while I was working and um, interesting experience. One, once I got to Rutgers, I was a commuter working 40 hours a week with Acme and then taking my classes, basically all crammed into two days. Right. And as a commuter, I didn't get like the I guess you call it the college experience. Right. Where mm-hmm. you're, you're there, uh, yeah. amongst the student body, and being into the sports programs and things like that. It was it was like, OK. We get to class. I uh, got this break in between. I'll go sit in a cafeteria for a little while. I'm just looking around at a bunch of different people who all seem to know each other. And I'm here just trying to get through the motions of right. uh, going to school. Right. And all the while, as I'm working and I'm taking this business management track, I'm kind of getting a little taste of store management, operations management with Acme. I was kind of getting put into a position to handle operations after the management team was gone for the day. Right. So Mm -hmm. I started, I guess, leaning heavier into that, you know, because I, I was kind of committed to that. I was committed to my work. I wanted to learn as much as I could. And I was kind of getting a little further away from the education part of it, just in the I guess the realness of what I was encountering on a day-to-day basis with my job and then trying to translate it into what I was learning at Rutgers. And it just, it wasn't adding up to me. Right. Like in in my mind, I said, yeah, okay. I, this doesn't really translate to what I'm doing Mm -hmm. at work, you know? So, am I doing the right thing here with college? I, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just throwing money out the window right now. And I don't even know if I, the benefit of this right now. Right I mean, I, I guess I was looking for that immediate gratification out of it, you yeah, know? Yeah. So what that turned into was me withdrawing from Rutgers Camden ended up on the hook for the full tuition, of course, which <laughs> what what?
0: When you told me that, uh, and you had income tax garnish, you said too. Talk a little bit about that. Like,
1: wow. So I guess because Rutgers is a state university, yeah. right? So when I left, they said, hey, you got to pay us whatever the dollar amount was at the time. I said, guys, I can't afford that, all right? I'm whatever, (laughs) 18, 19 years old. I'm I'm working for – I don't know, whatever the rate was at the time, Mm -hmm. 1135 an hour or something. I was like, you you guys are asking me for like every paycheck I get, you know? (laughs) So I, I, we came to an agreement and I was paying monthly payments to pay off the tuition, you know? So I get my taxes back that year. I'm like, where's, where's my state income tax check? I still haven't gotten this check back. I was supposed to get a couple hundred bucks, you know? (laughs) And I got a letter from the state (laughs) like your income taxes have been Mm. whatever the terms were that they used in the letter, uh, you know, and basically given to the State University of Rutgers to uh, aid in paying down your debt. I said, wow, well, all right. Guess I knocked a couple hundred bucks off of what I owe you, is you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, state school. I guess that's how they uh, grabbed it quick.
1: (laughs) And and, you know, it it made a it left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, about it. Yeah, and and coupled with that, when I transferred, I had a whole semester of work taken from me. In a sense, because I followed a blueprint from the Camden County College, you know, guidance office. that, Mm -hmm. That if you take these courses, they will translate to Rutgers, right? And I go to, to Rutgers and they said, oh, well, this isn't going to transfer. I said, well, wait a second. I followed what you guys outlined and yep. gave to a partner university, partner community college. And hmm. that fast thing's changed, you know, but <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, hey, listen, things happen for a reason. And so I, I left uh, Rutgers and and started moving forward with what I was doing with, with Acme Markets. And Acme Markets,
0: you started what, in around 1999,
1: was it? 1999, yeah, started in 99, January of 99, Mm -hmm. I believe it was, you know, pushing carts. And I did just about every job you could do in the store. I mean, when you start, you know, pushing carts, you're you're starting at the Mm -hmm. bottom, you know, you're cleaning bathrooms, you're helping bag groceries, all those things. And I I just, for me, I, I always look at, you know, whatever opportunity I'm given, do it 100%, right? Yeah take advantage of it. Don't leave any stone unturned. Okay. The, so I was all in at that point, mm-hmm. you know, moving through to different jobs within the store. Um, and then when I, when I left Rutgers and I was getting a little taste of that management experience, the opportunity to actually get into store management came about. I would be, I was, I was a union clerk yeah. um, until that point. And then they gave me the opportunity to interview, And it would be like a, I want to say it was a 16-week training program through classroom setting stuff in Malvern, Pennsylvania, and then obviously on the job. And uh, around that same time that I interviewed, I took my exam to be a flu layer. That was 2005, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I, I took that test. I have an an uncle in the business, and Mm -hmm. uh, I was always kind of in the... You know, in my ear, you know, that this yeah. was an opportunity to do something. I was always a hands on guy, you know, which is probably what maybe tended to hurt me a little bit in school was I, I'm not a sedentary person. You know, I want to be there doing it, have my hands in it. Right. And yeah, I took that exam and I was in search of a sponsor. <clears throat> you know, that's kind of the, the progression when you take the exam for. At least for floor layers, I assume it to be all trades. Um, you, you take your yeah, I believe exam, it is. you're looking for yeah. a sponsor to, to sponsor your apprenticeship. Had one lined up and wasn't getting any response back as to what the next steps were. Acme offered me to position
0: assistant store manager,
1: correct? Assistant store manager, yeah. yeah, assistant store manager. So you know, and and it was a salary comparable if not better than what my friends coming out of college were being offered right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all the while I'm waiting to hear from the potential sponsor my apprenticeship and nothing so I said okay I'll take the job I'm looking forward to the opportunity and uh the following day I get the call from the sponsor he says hey Stan I got you all ready to go man I said listen I just accepted a job yesterday I haven't you haven't heard from it, yeah. Weeks. I assume this was just a dead end. I, I mm-hmm. took a job. So uh, he wished me luck. He said, hey, I, I works for you. If you ever change your mind, you know, you, there's three years of eligibility in that exam. So that was the start of then my my management career with, with Acme Markets. And that was uh, as interesting as you... Could imagine there's things that take place in grocery stores that I tell people the stories and and they're blown away. They're like, "Are you serious with this?" I mean, <laughs> I've had, listen, you name it. I've you know, from do you want to share a good one? Uh, well, I can share. <laughs> you, it's a you good don't have one. to. It's, it's a it's, <laughs> it's a little intense, but I so this was right in the beginning, actually, of me managing stores get a call from the front desk Stan, There's a young lady walking around the store. She looks a little suspicious. Uh, She's dressed in all black and said, okay, well, I'll take a walk around. Uh, I guess it's worth checking out. Right. And she was being described as just kind of really acting strange in the store. So I'm walking around with, at the time, another associate young guy that I was training to kind of do a position similar to mine. Mm -hmm. And we're walking all over the store and we find nothing, right? Like, okay, well, I guess this girl has vanished or she left. Mm -hmm. So we take one last lap and I'm going down like the cosmetics aisle and down at the corner of the aisle, I see a pile of hair. Okay. With a pair of scissors laying in front of it said, all right, well, this is getting strange. So I called up to the front desk. I said, Hey, I just found a pile of what I'm assuming to be a girl's girl's hair. She tried Mm -hmm. to cut her hair in a store or something. I want you guys just to give a call out to the police department because I think we might have something going on here. (laughs) And with that, I look to the left and I see empty bottles of nail polish remover. So It's become evident to me now that something's going on, Mm -hmm. right? Very strange. Yeah. I I turned to the guy I'm with. I said, listen, I want you to take a lap around the other side. I'm going to take this direction. By no means put yourself in harm's way. If somebody comes charging at you or something, right, just we're going to get some help, hopefully, from the local police department. We did a couple laps through the store. I ended up finding this young lady. Laying in the bathroom, and at that point in time, I said, "Wow, this is like, hey, listen, we're gonna get you some help. You just hang tight. You know, are you okay?" Mm. And kind of, no response. Right? I mean, she was awake and alert, you know, but I, I mean, she seemed to have drank nail polish remover. Ah, I, uh, I was just
0: gonna ask you that.
1: Yeah, she drank the nail polish remover, and she went into the Ooh. bathroom and was just like kind of slumped into a corner. And I mean. Like I said, it's a little bit of an intense story, but you, you would never think, right? And you go through those types of situations, right? And, and you learn something. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's, it's a unique scenario, right? Yeah. There's also been just customer service issues and, and and things like that. Somebody bring you back a half-eaten chicken and tell you that you ruined their family dinner. Yeah, I
0: can only imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine.
1: <laughs> but I mean some really, really, really unique situations. Um, <laughs> you know, to say the least. And uh I went through three years of those circumstances, yeah. situations and just the day to day operation, just the grind. You know, there's uh it's a lot that goes on, a lot of things that happen behind the scenes in, in grocery stores and On a positive note, I was very fortunate to get those experiences because so much of what I experienced and learned along the way in dealing with people and situations, regardless of the intensity of them, how, you know, how crazy they are, you know, I I feel like it gave me a unique skill set to kind of move into construction with when, when I decided to make that, make that change. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I think it certainly has proved to be helpful in my growth and development in in the field as a floor layer and eventually getting into uh, running work as a foreman.
0: Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor MPC Builders, with well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets. MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. Now the transition to American Floors, obviously when you started there you had no prior flooring experience, right? you started as the first year apprentice in 2008 and that was the last year of eligibility from passing your test. Correct. Correct. Then you have to go through a four year apprenticeship to become a journeyman, which you did do. And then you became a foreman. Did you become a foreman immediately after the four years or were you a journeyman for a period of time or just, just talk me through that.
1: Yeah, no, I I was a journeyman for a period of time, you know, I started the apprenticeship, like, like you said, in, in 08. I want to say it was June 9th, 2008, I think, was when I left store management with Acme. And then I started the apprenticeship on the 12th because everybody said to me, aren't you taking some time off? I said, yeah, I got the weekend. OK, I'm back to work and <laughs> we're going to make some money, pay some bills. I, You know, let's get to work. I'm I'm getting into something new. So
0: good memory on those dates, by the way. I thank you.
1: I, I, I don't know if they're exact, wow. but they're pretty close. It means we're in June. I'm peeking up on my calendar. I say, you know, it may have been the 9th and the 12th. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so got into the apprenticeship and no prior flooring experience. I'm. It was like starting pushing carts at Acme, And, you know, to be 100% honest, it was a tough transition going from being an assistant store director to at my tail end of that. I was, you know, acting store director to cover vacations and things at times to now I'm back to square one again and taking on an entirely new environment, an entirely new group of people, an entirely new schedule and just trying to soak in as much as I can. And, you know, it it didn't come without its challenges. I really, you know, kind of put my head down and, and said, I'm going to learn from what I've done previous to this, take my positive experiences, take my negative ones, apply them to what I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, it was it was a little bit of a challenge and then things got a little tougher because we hit '09, 2010 with the recession. And mm. here I am as an apprentice, my now wife, her and I were uh, buying our home together. And I, I was going through that apprenticeship through some really, really lean times. Started working again in another grocery store, picked up a second job just to help kind of offset the transition from the the pay. Mm-hmm. right? And, you know, got back into the grocery business again part time and, and was working during the day, doing flooring when, when I had the work. And then an interesting moment came in 2011, I want to say it was. Not long, yeah, because, you know, 2011, I was contacted by a gentleman I used to work with, with Acme Markets, who was in the education department, and I always talked at length with him about my desire to get into the education department with Acme, helping train young guys, and I can see that, yeah, directors, and and what have you, and he put me on a couple special projects that we would do, kind of little special assignment things within Mm. the stores when I was there. He reached out to me with an opportunity to relocate out to Kutztown, Pennsylvania. And it was with a different outfit, different grocery store. He had become the head of human resources there and was looking to recruit, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talent, you know, appreciated the help that I had given him over the years when we worked together and, you know, said that they were trying to kind of infuse some new talent into their management team. So it was, uh, it was kind of a moment for me of, okay, you know, this is it, you know, what are you going to do? Just, you know, kind of reality was here, you know, I've been kind of dabbling a little bit back in the grocery business. And, uh, you know, at that moment, I think it was, it became really clear to me that I I said, you know what, I'm committed to what I'm doing now. All right. I'm I'm in Mm -hmm. construction I need to give this 100% of my attention. I'm going to close this chapter of my life and this grocery store management stuff. And and let's, let's move full steam ahead in something that I really think I can be good at and take the talents and skills that I developed through store management. And let's apply them into a field where, you know, sometimes let's be honest, you aren't looked at in that light, right? It's construction, you know, let's, roll your sleeves up mm-hmm. and, and let's get after it and, and let's just get the, the job done. Right. But let's, you know, I, like I always say it's, it's more than floors for me. You, you know, I mean, there's, there's such a, a degree of professionalism that you, is so important to carry yourself with, especially with as I moved along in my path doing flooring and, and the, the, the venues that we work in, I mean, all the hospital work and, and uh, it, it's, it's proved so, beneficial to me to just work with that constant professionalism and that mindfulness of where I am and what I'm doing and how much my work impacts the work of the people around me. Um,
0: You know, especially as a foreman too, you know, when you transitioned to become that foreman, you worked on some significant projects at CHOP and uh, that just says a lot, you being the lead guy, talk about professionalism, which, which you, you certainly have it. And, you know, there's a stigma about the trades and then what you do, as I know, you know, we've had these conversations that you guys don't have that professionalism, you know, you guys, whatever goes on in people's minds, but it's so not the case way more times than, than not. And, and to see the way, you know, you, you've been on some of the hospital campus work at Temple with me too. And it's, you know, it's clear to me that you know how to be the foreman that you need to be for your company and for your guys because they're watching you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I appreciate that, Nick. I really do, um, because it's something I do put so much pride into. Mm-hmm. And and it not only my previous experience, you know, that comes into play with that, but I was so fortunate along the way to work with some of the, the guys and, and girls that I did just in my company alone and just on job sites and being in that environment, I mean, just some super, super talented individuals that they embodied that professionalism as well and to be able to watch them interact. And, you know, it was something that kind of gave me, I guess, for lack of a better word, hope along the way, Yeah, you know, because I got into the business and I had that stigma in my mind. I got to be honest with you because that, it was all around me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and I can tell you, I mean, from some of the people I, I when I left at me were like, well, you're going to go into construction. Really? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yeah, man. And you know what? I'm going to be 100% into it, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, seeing the interaction that, these foremen that I was fortunate enough to work for and work with that they had with superintendents and, and personnel at the hospitals or at the universities and, and the way that they carried themselves and, and how attentive they were to the job they were doing and the impact it had on the people around them. I I looked at, I was like, this is it. Like this is Mm -hmm. side that no one is fortunate enough to see, but I'm going to do everything I can to help open eyes to that and let people get that message, you know, that that there's some really, really, really awesome people and some true professionals in, in construction. Yeah. Let's talk about a
0: little bit about overtime in your profession. I think that the floor layers, if I'm not mistaken, is the only union local that when you work Saturdays, you get double time. Is that correct?
1: We do. And I'm pretty sure you're you're right that we may be the only one, yeah, that we get it on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Sunday, I think it's a shared thing with other trades getting it as well. And, hey, a lot of times that comes up out of necessity mm-hmm. to get the jobs done because as a flu layer, I, you know, I say it all the time. My day is this giant question mark okay? <laughs> because – I walk into a job and I'm seeing it a lot of times for the first time, you know, and there's a lot of other trades and a lot of other hands the pot before we get there. And it's no day is the same. I mean, I can walk into a job (laughs) one day and I'm (laughs) building curbs and, and ramping material down to a, a drain in a bathroom. And the next day I'm, you know putting carpet tiles down in a library you know it's and you just have to you know that that's the one thing about the business that you know has really been kind of enjoyable for me is the 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 wealth of knowledge you gain Mm -hmm. and, and being able to work with different guys i mean listen people People do things better than others, man. That's, you know, and, and you, you gotta, I tell like a lot of the guys that I'm with, hey, man, take it all in from everybody yeah. you work with. No one guy is going to be the same. No one girl you work with is going to be the same, but take the bits and pieces. And and take the knowledge that each one of them that they that they're an expert in their field at and yeah. make it part of yours and, and and build your own brand with all those little pieces. And it it's not going to make sense all right now, but there's going to come yeah. a time that it's going to click for you. And you'd be like, oh, you know what? That's what that Stan was talking about. Now I get it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's work ethic. It's professionalism. And, you know, it's just the right attitude. And you have all three of those. And again, man, it's a pleasure to always work. With you, and back to what you said, I totally agree that it's a necessity. I mean, the fact that you guys get paid double time on Saturdays, I mean, think about it. All the other trades, you're taking over the floor. We need the floor. We need the floor to work on. So you're getting pushed to get off that floor so other trades can work. And the other pieces, you're on your hands and knees all freaking day. Like, I wanted to ask you, how is your knees and back? <laughs> After 13 years.
1: Fortunately, not so bad. Not Good. so bad. I, I know you told me
0: that before. Yeah. I, know
1: what, I, I take Good whatever stuff. precautions I need mm-hmm. to protect myself and my body. Um, <laughs> uh, try to stay limber with the golf game.
0: Oh, We're going to get into that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I've been fortunate. Hey, listen, there's aches and pains that pop yeah. up from time to time. You won't yeah. talk to anybody in the trades that doesn't experience some kind okay. of a, of a, a pain at one point or another. Yeah. And, and that, that's part of it. That's, but someone's sitting at the
0: desk all day, you're going to have pain in your back. I mean, it, you know, I really think one thing that's overlooked in, you know, what you guys do is the activity. You're always on the move. You're always on the move. And yes, you, yes, you're going to have little aches and pains, but if you're, if you're taking care of yourself and, you know, you're, you're doing your stretches or, whatever you need to do to prepare yourself for the day and, or when you're done, just, just think about how many steps you're taking and, and, and the movement you're burning calories. You know, the activity I is great.
1: 20,000 steps. Was it? <laughs> That's great. 20,000 steps. Now, you know, you, you can look at that and say, Oh man, you're running around. But first of all, it's part of the job. It's required. Yep. Second of all, Listen, I, I try to, and I say this all the time, man, turn things into positivity. Uh, you yes. know, I, I, I say, create snapshots yes, of positivity. Sir. You know what I mean? I, I try to I do. do that. I really do. You get negativity creeps yep. in, right? But I always, I try to create snapshots of positivity yep. in everything I do you certainly to reflect do. back on, to try to build on, you know what I mean? Yep. And taking that in, into consideration, that's phenomenal physical activity for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I can tell you right now, when I was doing, the, the management job and acne. now we're going back how long ago that was 13 14 years and you would think i should have been in better health at that point in time right being a younger guy my blood pressure was reaching pre-hypertensive stages okay i was like 135 over 90s okay i have perfect blood pressure now and i gotta yeah. think that yeah. all that physical activity has certainly something to do with that so yeah. you know it, it's, it's it certainly does it's another feather yeah. in the cap for the trades and construction as a whole. That you know, you there's certainly an aspect of physical health that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. And if you don't mind, Sharon, do you know
0: top of your head what the current journeyman rate is to give people perspective of?
1: I, I want to say for you know now, I, I it's it's different in counties and sure.
0: I know, I know it varies.
1: But I, I want to say you're, it's somewhere probably dependent on the county's 45 to $50 an hour.
0: Yep. I just like, like to give people's perspective to, you know, the, just the kind of money that, that you guys can make. And if you're making time and a half, if you're making double time, you can simply do the math. It's, it's a fantastic living and uh, you certainly work for it, but you're very good at what you do and, and you're getting paid for that high quality work. Have you ever heard of aeroponic gardening? It's the future of gardening, and it is here now. Developed by NASA and Epcot, this gardening system goes upright, so it takes up less space as well as 98% less water. It is dirtless and produces three times more fruits and vegetables at a 30% faster rate. If you're looking to change up the way you eat or want to try a gardening system that takes minimal effort, contact my old friend Tara at 717 433 4207 or check out for more information at tsesick that's t s a k s e k so what do you like most about what you do
1: you know and i was kind of touching on this earlier about the knowledge you gain the greatest Enjoyment for me is being able to share it and to teach. I think I was talking about this earlier when I was back in you know my previous profession about getting involved in education. I enjoyed that so much and again, I was fortunate along the way that i I was given that opportunity by journeymen when I was an apprentice to that they they took me aside and and whether it be let me learn kind of trial by fire or show me right. You get a hold of you know younger guys that are either coming into the business green, or they have a little bit of experience, right? And being able to to just work with them side by side, share your knowledge, share your life lessons, share your experiences, you know. Yeah. And I tell them all the time: listen, it doesn't. You don't have to follow these this path. You don't have to do it the exact same way. But these are things that helped me along the way. These are. Lessons that I learned that if I can help bring them to your attention and it helps you somewhere along the way, then I feel like I've done my job because I, I I take that as part of my job as as a journeyman, as a foreman, all right, w- whatever it may be, whatever role I have on that job, you can label me with whatever you want when I'm there. Yeah. but ultimately, I'm an experienced floor layer that has knowledge that I can share and helping bring those people along in the business and, and, and they can then become the next wave of journeyman foreman, whatever have you that can then share their knowledge and, and, and just continue yep. to like build that team atmosphere. Yep. Create that <clears throat> nationalism, you know, and, and allow that to spread and, and take over as, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the, the, as the new stigma that we can attach to construction, right. Is just this wave of men and women that are involved and, 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 and eager to, to, you know, eager to please and, and to, to provide ultimately the best product for the end user. Right. Cause that's, that's at the end of the day, we, we all, you know, we're all, that's
0: what we're all trying to do. Yep. Yeah. We all have a common goal and a great, great share, man. And, uh, you know, I already knew what the answer was going to be, but yeah, just good stuff. Just to see how you work with your guys that are under you and yeah, man, just really good stuff. So talk a little bit about how COVID impacted you when COVID hit. I know we shared a couple of little stories, if, if you don't mind just touching on that briefly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so obviously it was a challenge for all of us, everybody that has been involved in this different world that we've been living in mm-hmm. for the past year and a half. Sure. Personally. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, I yeah. was at a project a children's hospital at the time. I was the acting foreman there and had a crew, I guess it was about three or four guys with me when COVID hit. And when the fear and uncertainty all began, you know, it was like, we were kind of in the eye of a storm. You're hearing the news stories and the things floating around the job sites. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember like it was yesterday walking in and watching the triage tents being set up on the street yeah. out front of hospital, of Pennsylvania. And I'm like, scary, scary sight, Yeah. You no. Know? And um, it was a really unsettling time. We were deemed an essential project. So we continued work. I believe there was one day that we were off site to allow for some health and safety measures to be ironed out. It was I think it was a Friday. So it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday to allow for things to kind of get off the ground on the job a lot of conversations that weekend with general contractors and, and office personnel. And it was really a unique time. I remember getting together with the crew that I had and with our office and things. And, and it was, you know, essentially, Hey, the job is going to continue. Right. But it's your decision. It's it's your right to say, Hey, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, you know, they asked, oh, hey, Stan, what are you doing? I said, the job's going to continue. And I think uh, with what's been put in place, I'm confident that we can remain safe and we'll do everything we can on our end to keep ourselves safe and keep everybody around us safe. And I will be on site. And if you guys are comfortable joining, I'd love to have you with me. And if not, everybody totally understands that. Yeah and that crew in particular that was with me at the time they came in and and it was a good feeling you know it's unsettling of a time it was Mm -hmm. I I guess to kind of bring full circle to what we've been talking about with professionalism and building these relationships right that I looked at it and said you know with the support I was given from from my office and from the general contractor and and these men and women that were involved with me, you know, have have seen working with me and how they felt things were going to move forward, were comfortable enough to come back in a situation that none of us had had any experience with prior yeah. to that. So, you know, the project continued and uh, turned out to be a, success. a successful one.
0: Yep. No, good stuff, man. Thank you for sharing. I want to get into a little bit of, of your passions outside of work, and we know one of them is golf. You'd like to get out more like we all would. What I found interesting when I got to know Stan was he, uh, he had a very similar passion. We, we definitely like it, like it a lot. And I learned that he was, uh, into actually reconstructing and making clubs. And it was just, just neat to hear. Wasn't surprised because of his skill, you know, on the job. But I really learned a lot from him when he started really like talking about and just, you know, how analytical Stan, just the way our conversations went on how you really talked about the sport and, you know, just how you swing and just I just was soaking it all in and, and I appreciate you helping me with my swing.
1: Um, I'm glad I could help. Uh, and yeah, absolutely is huge passion of mine. Yeah. You know, and, and I talked, we talked a little bit about this on our our last project together. I I mean, I kind of listen when I started golfing, I stunk, Uh, there was no if, ands or buts about it. I mean, I used to play with three buddies and it would be like, all right, let's all tee off. And then Stan would just kind of make his trek through the woods alongside the fairway. And meet everybody on the green. You know, All right, guys, just give me double the par. You know? <laughs> and hey, you put into what you get out of it, right? With, with yep. everything we do, I'm a firm believer in that. And and I just made it for just, sure. Like, listen, I love this game. I really enjoy playing it. I love the individual challenge it presents and yes. it constant, constant opportunity to improve and get better. I said, I really want to get better. And then I I just made a commitment to kind of learning the game a little bit more, watching instructional videos, talking to people Mm -hmm. that are great players, talking to people that are bad players. Just getting different perspectives, right? Putting myself in situations to be outside of my comfort zone, going yeah. to a course by myself and playing with guys that I'm watching stripe the ball down the center of the fairway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. taking me two clubs to get to to where they are in one. And uh yeah, I I got into building clubs that way and uh, you know, buy stuff pull out shafts from a set that I <laughs> put them in a set of iron heads that I want to try, take them to the range. And, uh, you know, of course it's always the clubs. It's never me. So if I don't, if I don't hit them, well, that means I <laughs> got to go back to the, to the workshop. Yeah. I have a four iron head
0: that you, uh, I need to fix for me.
1: I <laughs> hey, send it on over. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll get it fixed. Up.
0: That thing took a beating when I couldn't, uh, hit my driver for years, but now I'm able to hit my driver again. So it's good. All things are, things are, things are well again. (laughs) That's it. Just takes the commitment, right? Definitely, man. So if someone were to ask you, what would your advice be to someone that is looking to follow their heart, follow their passion, they want to get into construction, what would your advice be on how to do
1: so? So for me, I kind of, you know, touched on it a little bit with, with, you know, the snapshots of positivity, right? Like building positive moments for yourself to reflect on, but you got to have patience, you know? And and I I think that's something I know myself, I constantly work on it, right? It's because I went through a period of time when I first started in the trades that it was a challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge. And, and I, I had so many different conversations with people about maybe this isn't the right thing to do. Right. But, the patience that i was able to to kind of adopt throughout my journey right has has led me to where i am now and being able to kind of allow things to to kind of take place right you can kind of steer the ship right Mm -hmm. put it on the right path okay but you do need to maintain a level of patience for, for things to kind of your environment to kind of mold around you. I, I mean, cause all too often we want that immediate gratification, right? And things tend to happen, maybe not on the, schedule, we anticipate them to happen. But Mm -hmm. I can tell you through my own journey, I mean, you had asked me earlier that, that question about when I got the opportunity to be a foreman on jobs, that didn't happen right out of my apprenticeship, you know, and I would hear stories of guys, oh, I started running this job, I'd be in apprentice school, and the fourth year apprentice is running a job. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, well, what am I doing? Or what am I not doing? Right. And maintaining that level of patience, eventually I got there. Eventually I was given those opportunities and asking those questions to myself, I think are important to to kind of have our own kind of self-accountability, you you know, when when we, when we go into whatever it is. I I mean, in particular, we're talking construction here, but you know, giving yourself the self-reflection and saying, okay, what did, I do well here. What could I improve upon? What can help me improve on that? Right. Am yeah, I yeah. doing enough right now to, to better myself? Cause I always say, anytime I get into discussion about, you know, let's call them opportunities on a job, right. That somebody came across. I say, you know, there's always a moment in time where we can look to ourselves and say, I could have done this there that maybe would have influenced the outcome here. And I just, I really believe that. And I really think you can't, you, you can't stress that enough to have that accountability for yourself and to allow patients to kind of take its, to run its course, right? Just those two things I think are just so important, you know, and, and you just you ultimately too, you got to be confident in yourself, man. Don't let something stand in your way. Uh, I mean, like obstacles present themselves all over the place, right? Hey, kick them down, man. Get them out of the way. What's it going to take? They're only there to slow you down. So don't allow it to happen. Don't allow yourself to be pushed back by something you have the ability to overcome. Stan,
0: you are the man. And I want to say that thank you again. You know, I appreciate you being here. And uh, you are the ideal tradesman that I want on the show. And I know there's many, many that out there that share a lot of similarities and I really want to promote what you do and what other tradesmen do and uh, let people know that it's a great living and there's also great people that have a wide range of skills. And uh, thanks again for sharing your story, man. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And we will catch up soon on the next job, I hope. Maybe even the golf course.
1: Yeah, well, we got to get that four iron fixed first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We do, man. Thanks again, brother. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.